Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday. I'm feeling very cheery today because I'm looking onto bright blue skies. I don't want to say that it's spring. I, I don't want to jinx it, but it has felt a little bit warmer. Alf actually was outside in the garden for the first time on Friday, which just felt so nice. He was playing with his little, what are the, the red and red and yellow cars called is it little tykes little trikes you know which ones i mean like the proper old school cars and i was like oh my gosh so nice and it's actually made me really excited for baby girl because she's gonna be a spring baby and i just thought oh what a lovely time alpha was a january baby which to be fair was also nice because you know winter you're kind of all snuggled up but i was like i'm excited and this weekend i actually had a a sort of baby shower so this is quite interesting i'd love to know where everyone else sits with it because i feel like some people go all in on the baby shower and some people are really kind of against them and i would say that i was on the totally against them side when alf was in in my tummy and well it was also lockdown so i didn't have a choice <laughs> but i was like no i don't want to celebrate it feels weird um i think maybe because I'd been single for such a long time that I was like, I, I feel like we need to focus on other milestones, you know, like promotions and buying a house or getting a new job. It just felt that I didn't really want to. And then this time around, even though I still think we should definitely be celebrating other milestones and I really make an effort to um, celebrate other wins with my friends, especially my friends not in relationships and not either having children or wanting children but I was like do you know what I do want a baby shower to an extent it was my friend Steph who asked me if she wanted me to organize something and I think it's because I underestimated what a big transition it is to go from what they call maiden to mother so you know that whole identity journey that I talk about all the time the matricense and because I moved away from the the area where all my friends are and obviously I was exclusively breastfeeding for a year, not purely by choice, but because I didn't take a bottle. I really missed all my friends and I couldn't, you know, go for dinners and lunches and drinks and all of those things. So I thought, firstly, we should all celebrate things anyway. We should do more celebrating, not less celebrating. So I think I've softened there and be what a nice thing that I've got amazing friends who want to celebrate this chapter of my life. And I might not be able to see them all unless obviously they come to mind to meet the baby. But do you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to get everyone together. So 
they organized an afternoon tea at Fornham and Mason's, which was so nice. And my sister came. Um, and by the way, I'm sure she doesn't mind me saying because she's told people now, but my sister is also having a baby four months behind me, which is exactly what happened with Alf and my nephew Jasper. So it's just so special. And I just had such a lovely time. But what I will say is I do feel guilty leaving Alf with Tommy and not because Tommy's not capable but I feel like because we both work in the week and also because of where I'm at with pregnancy Tommy's doing a lot of the kind of early starts and the bedtimes and bath times um I feel like I should also be spending that time with Alf but I did say to Tommy but just remember I am carrying your baby every single day and I, and I'm also about to give birth and have major abdominal surgery. And he was like, you don't even need to justify it. He was like, I love hanging out with Alf. I love it. Like, I don't mind at all. You shouldn't feel guilty. So it's not coming from him, but yeah, it just, it's weird. Cause I don't really get mum guilt with other things. Um, you know, I think all our, we all do the best we can with the circumstances we, we have. Maybe it's just that I'm very aware that Tommy's probably doing 80% of the child rearing at present in terms of Alf. Um, but he said he loves it. He took Alf to the zoo and actually, do you know what? It's probably really good for them to have that bonding time because A, Alf has started wanting, he calls him dad just suddenly the last couple of days instead of daddy, he's been going dad, dad, dad. And he never, ever used to want Tommy. Like sometimes Tommy would come back from work and Alf would be like, no more, no more dada, no more. And now he actually, you know, he, when he runs into our room in the morning, I give him a cuddle. And he's been going, dad, 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 daddles, dad, daddles. So it's good for them. And I guess once baby girl's here, I'm naturally going to be more with the baby. And also Alf won't, you know, I won't be able to pick him up or have him much on me because of um, the C-section scar. So actually they probably naturally will be doing more together. So maybe this is good for the transition. But mum guilt is a weird thing, isn't it? And anyway... That has been my weekend, a lovely weekend. But now I want to introduce today's guest because I've got a really, really brilliant guest for the podcast. I am going to give it a bit of a trigger warning um, just because we're talking about, um, if I can say it correctly, hyperemesis gravidium, also known as HG. So um, this is obviously a severe pregnancy disease and we'll be speaking about Amy's experience not once but twice as an HG sufferer. So if you don't want to hear about this for whatever reason, then please feel free to listen to another episode. I have been trying to get today's guest on the podcast for the longest time because we have actually gone through motherhood at similar times yet had completely different experiences both in pregnancy and in our motherhood journeys and we're both currently pregnant for the second time uh, with little girls. She's someone that I know and that I follow online and she's super stylish. She's a model. She's an influencer. But more importantly than that, and the main reason I want to get her on is because she is someone who has experienced hyperemesis gravidarum in both of her pregnancies. And I feel like this is something that 
people don't really know about and there's not a lot of research behind it. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's a severe pregnancy disease, which means that you're unable to keep food and water down without medication. Um, It can in worst cases result in hospitalization and um, it also causes up to 1,000 women every year to abort their child due to how unwell it makes you. Um, So with no further ado, uh, today's guest is model and influencer Amy Nev of Amy Nev Fashion Diaries. Hi Amy. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Firstly, how are you feeling going from one to two? Very nervous. I'm not going to lie. Two under two. Yeah. It's something I said I never would do. And we obviously didn't plan it. Um, I'm excited because it is the most amazing thing, but it kind of took me a year anyway to get used to motherhood. I think most people think that you're just going to have this baby and be like so in love and feel this rush. And all I did was rush back to work. Um, But now she's a toddler. She's got a personality. Like I completely like connect with her. Um, But yeah, no, I'm really excited. It's just two under two is going to be a complete juggle yeah it's interesting that you said it felt like it took you a year to kind of get used to everything because I would say I felt similar what what was your experience at the beginning because I do remember you going back to work after like five five days days. (laughs) yeah I was a bit crazy I think because um when I suffered high premises as well I lost myself with my pregnancy completely so I think when I kind of had the baby I was like I'm back I'm Amy again and I kind of rushed back to being me rather than focusing on maybe being a mother um I was still a good mom like but I was traveling and I had help with a nanny um and I think now like she goes to nursery but I do like miss her way more like I have such a connection with her which I didn't have for about a year um, and I think not many people like admit that as well I think when you have a child you expect to have this like rush of love and I just didn't I I was obsessed with her, but at the same time, I was like, this is kind of a hindrance on my life as well, which I think actually is good to admit because so many people are like, it's the best thing ever. Like, and I didn't really feel like that in the beginning. It's so interesting hearing you say this because you're right. Not many people do feel like that, like feel able to admit it. And also, Mm. of course, there are so many women who they have the baby and that's all they ever wanted. And, you know, they're like, wow, my life has this new amazing purpose. And for me, it certainly wasn't like that, even though I always loved him and I always felt very lucky, but it definitely felt like, wow, everything I used to love doing, I can't do anymore. And I think (laughs) a year was the sort of turning point for me too. And, but probably actually since he turned two, it's getting better and better. I'd say that now I'm like, oh, it doesn't actually feel like I'm having to like, entertain a child that gives nothing back like we actually have fun together no I know I completely agree like I think the baby stage is quite boring and I think a lot of people don't admit that like you're sitting around you're feeding you're having to like time the naps um I found it like really restrictive as well because I'm a really like active busy person and sitting there with the baby on me I was like thinking in my head all these things that I want to be doing but no I love it now like it's amazing and I wouldn't be doing it again if I didn't So are you going to take more time off this time? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) No, I think probably two or three weeks this time. But I love my job as well. It makes me who I am. And I think when you suffer a high premises sickness pregnancy, um, you feel so trapped. I feel like someone literally takes me and puts me somewhere else. I feel very like 
controlled at the moment. Every morning I'm sick, I'm on medication. Um, I'm not hospitalized now, but the first three months I was in bed, basically bedridden, um, in hospital on drips. Um, and it did come to the point at 10 weeks where I thought I was going to have to terminate because I was so unwell. I think I got down to six stone and, um, the nurses came in and said, look, you really need to start putting on some weight, but there's nothing you can do when you can't eat anything. <laughs> like everything I ate came up, even water. And is this, I'm going to call it MHG for the purpose going forward, but is HG something that you experienced in both of your births? And yeah. has it been different this time round to last time? This has been way worse. <laughs> like, I don't know whether it's because I've had a toddler, but with Harper, I was only hospitalized a handful of times. Um, but this pregnancy has just been horrific. Um, it has got easier now I'm in the third trimester, but the first probably three months. I just said, I just don't want this baby. Like I was in hospital so much away from Harper as well. I don't know. It just, it really messes with your head as well. Cause I think actually mentally when you're someone who's so busy, you're stuck in bed from like nine till nine every night. You can't move. Every movement made me sick. Um, and there was actually one night that my partner said he wasn't sure if we'd be able to do it. Cause I was sick about 30, 40 times. I just couldn't stop. So, cause I know there's a lot of, um, misunderstanding about HG, but mm. it's not morning sickness, no. is it? It's no, oh God, it annoys me when people say that. <laughs> no, it's not morning sickness. Morning sickness, you can kind of carry on your day or you might feel a little bit ill. HG normally lasts most of the pregnancy. So you have to be medicated, but also you can't function normally. Like I can only work one day a week at the moment. So financially as well, like if you don't have savings or you don't have a good support system, how do you cope? Like some women can't, they have to terminate or it's, it's really tricky. Did you know before you had Harper that like, is it possible for people to know that they will suffer from HG before it happens or you're just... Mm, well, my mum had it. So my mum had it with all of us and it was always her fear that I'd get it. And my sister actually got it, but she had a boy. And the interesting thing is with boys, generally you don't get it quite as bad because of the hormones. Um, but with girls, I knew I was having another girl because of how sick I was. I think when you're sick so much, it just zaps everything from me. Like the other night I sat on the sofa and my partner, he works um, in the city. So I'm on my own in the evenings and obviously she needs feeding at five o'clock. And I was lying on the floor. I'd been sick loads and I couldn't actually physically go and get her some food. And I felt like such a bad mum because I was like, I can't feed my child. And she went to the cupboard and brought me um, the bread and kind of came to me as if to say, mommy, feed me. But I, the thought of like even making food made me sick. Do you know what? I can't imagine what it must be like for for you and for anyone who suffers from HG, especially with a toddler, because mm, I feel worse. like I've started to slow down and I'm I'm kind of grappling with the guilt of A, kind of making Tommy take over most things. Like, you know, Alf has always been an early riser, so he gets up at six. So Tommy's doing that, but he's also doing bedtime because I can't really comfortably yeah. like lie down on the like by the bed next to him. Um, and then like even this morning, normally I, I would be the one to get up with Alf, but I actually stayed in bed. And even though I was doing bits of work, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm really lazy, but I had to I keep reminding like myself, <laughs> I'm not lazy. I'm, yeah. I'm like a few weeks away from having a baby. I know. I think it does make you feel like that because I'm an active person and I sit on the sofa and like even yesterday, I just sat there crying yesterday morning. So I was like, I just feel so like not like me. I just lose everything that makes me who I am. 
Um, and there's a lot more to it that's mental, I'd say as well, like rather than physical as well, like mentally, you're so controlled with your pregnancy, you have to eat on demand. I can't eat fish, I can't eat meat, because it makes me sick. So now I'm anemic. Um, it's just like, there's so many things that happen. It's like, it's just really controlling. And that's what I can't cope with. <laughs> What support is there for HG sufferers? So is that, that the right term, sufferers? Cause yeah, no, I it think is. it is. It is a disease. And I think actually I went to A&E so many times and I think what's wrong about it is that you have to go through A&E. You can't just go to a ward. Whereas if you had a problem with the pregnancy, you could go to the ward. Whereas I was being sick in A&E and I lied there literally throwing up in front of like 30 people. It's just so degrading. And um, the guy actually came out and thought I was a drunk and he dragged me off the floor and said, get up. And I said, I can't get up. Like I was lying in my sick, like it was just disgusting. Um, and then they wouldn't take me to a private room. Uh, they gave me a drip actually in front of everyone and just injected me, which then I had a reaction to. So my face swelled and it was just all awful. Um, then they said they didn't have enough beds. So I got put on a pe like an old people's ward it's just the whole thing of how it's actually dealt with though is not right. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about it because there's the pregnancy sickness support group, which is a charity, but actually at hospitals, not enough's done and not enough research has been done on it. Um, so you kind of have to fight when you're feeling so unwell. It's so interesting as well, because um, I was speaking to my midwife um, when I went for a scan last week and she was saying, anything to do with pregnancy you don't have to go to A&E because they worry because of the baby that you're straight no. up into the so they just send you straight up to maternity so I wonder why yeah. HG isn't considered yeah and also I'd gone to the ward so many times you'd think they'd automatically let me go back in but they didn't they say you have to go through the A&E process which takes hours and I was lying on the floor in the corridor because I couldn't physically move this was in the first three months when it was really bad um, and they said, you need to get up. But when I sat up, I was even more sick. So I just wanted to lie down. So in the end, I took myself to the toilet and had to wait for my name to be called. And I was lying on the floor in the A&E toilet, just throwing up like relentlessly. Do you get any extra support from like the midwife team or are they, are they sort of trained to kind of no, help? This is the thing about it. No. And I think this is why I want to do more to help and like research with the pregnancy sickness charity. Cause they're kind of the only one that people can go to. I had a woman that I was messaging a lot during my time in hospital because it really did mess with me mentally. And I kept saying, I want to terminate. Um, and she said, look, get on the right medication. But then I actually had some medication through my drip. And they said that there's a risk of cleft lip, but they only told me that once they'd actually put it in my arm. <laughs> so then that obviously worried me. I feel like I remember when you were pregnant with Harper saying that you were worried about being on medication. And I suppose mm. it's a valid worry for anyone who has to take any form of medication you know even when I went on antibiotics I was like is this going to be fine for her is she going to be immune to antibiotics so what is what is the sort of like is there a risk or is it pregnancy um, safe I think there is a small risk but there's small risk with any medication when you're pregnant isn't there like um, every night when I have to take it as well like I keep putting it off but then I get more sick and I keep saying to Will like do I take it? He's like, yeah, because otherwise you can't eat or function. But then I still feel like the baby's taking in whatever I'm taking. So you do feel bad. It's just a really like weird 
time in my life. And I think I will never do it again. I've said to Will, there's no more pregnancies. And we didn't actually plan this pregnancy because after Harper, I said I'd never do it again because of how bad it was. It like blows my mind that there isn't sort of like proper research and funding into this. Like how are we in 2023? And especially when it's not a small amount of women who suffer with it. I feel like M. Clarkson had it as well. I'm not sure if it was as severe as um, you had it, but still, um, it just seems absolutely mind-blowing. A family, basically a young girl, her family members reached out to me to say that um, they wanted me to raise awareness for this young girl who'd actually passed away from it because she had such mental health issues from being stuck in bed. She was a positive girl, never had any issues. Um, She was stuck in bed for seven months and she just couldn't cope with it. Um, and that really triggered me because I felt like actually I'm kind of one of those people that is always okay and I'm quite positive. But when you're stuck in bed, not knowing where the end is, when you're sick, relentlessly, not able to eat, it does mess with your head. So, yeah, that really upset me. For anyone that is going through it mm. or who maybe will go through it, what advice, if any, can, can you give to them? Um, I just think you need good family members around you. Like without Will, I wouldn't have been able to go through the pregnancy. If I was like a single mum, for example, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it because how would I have looked after my toddler? You can't even physically get out of bed. You can't wash. I didn't wash for weeks. <laughs> it was awful. This is the first three months when it was really like hard. But then they got the medication and I think the hormones kind of balance a bit. But now I've gone into the third trimester. It's getting a lot worse again. Um but yeah, if you're a single parent, like I just don't know how you would cope. But um, advice, God, I don't think there is much. I think get medicated and speak to people. Keep speaking. I think that's one thing I'd say. Don't just shut yourself away. And um, then the charity you mentioned is, um, I can see them on Instagram, at Pregnancy Sickness Support. Um, and they actually connect you with someone on WhatsApp. So then you can speak to them regularly. Um, they can give you advice on private doctors if you want someone to pri- like see you privately. Um, I didn't actually do that in the end because obviously I went through the NHS. And to be honest, it was quite expensive. <laughs> so, But they do give you advice and on medication as well because the medication I got prescribed... I was really worried about and they said look it's actually if it's going to get you through you need to take it so they kind of reassured me that's really good well you are almost at the end I'm sure it doesn't feel like it (laughs) I've got six weeks left I keep counting the days I feel like towards the end everyone counts the days but if you've been sick for nine months firstly I, I I just have like so much love and respect for you and yeah, I mean, doing it with a toddler, I can't even imagine because I've I've struggled. Even with, you know, I find my mental health, like as much as I really wanted this pregnancy and I feel really lucky to be pregnant, but when Alf wasn't sleeping, I feel like everybody on the podcast will know because I spoke about it all the time. It kind of, it takes over your whole mind and your mindset and your mental health and then you think what am I doing what am I doing like I can't do this again I'm crazy no I know (laughs) yeah I've said no more though definitely I'm like there's just no way I'm gonna do this again and it's sad because actually I lied in bed the other night and thought oh actually deep down I probably would have three but I just can't put my family through this and my body um but then I do feel lucky that some people can't have them so and I have been lucky enough to have one and hopefully this one's healthy as well Hold up 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. What was your birth with Harper like? And are you kind of hoping for the same this time around? Yeah, so I actually wanted a C-section out of choice, um, but she ended up being breech anyway. So that was what I had to have. And to be honest, it was absolutely amazing. Um, I was tell uh, tell us everything because firstly, we love we love positive birth stories on this podcast, and secondly, I'm about to have a C-section, so tell yeah. me. Do you know what? I just think when you can plan it, I think when you go into birth, I was always like worried that what if I didn't know if I was going to have to have an emergency C-section or if it went wrong. I'd heard so many like horror stories, and I think for me, I was like I'm a bit of a planner anyway, and I wanted to know when it was happening. And I remember going in in the morning, and because I was so sick, you kind of get to have the baby a few days early anyway and I just wanted it over so I was like this is great like went in um the only thing I'd say is my scar is really wonky <laughs> um and the midwives when I saw them recently were like wow your scar is one of the worst we've seen I was like oh great that's good but to be honest it doesn't even bother me because I think actually that was my choice of how to have Harper and it was over within 25 30 minutes it was really quick um, it is scary. Like, I'm not going to lie, a C-section, it's major surgery and you're wide awake. Um, and I did actually have to have a drug because I did panic a little bit when they pulled her out because when they're breached, her head was under my rib. So when they did actually pull her out, I did panic a little bit. Um, but I just, I was actually fine. Like I came home the day after I was walking, I was being careful, but I didn't have a bad experience at all. I actually found it quite like, I don't know, it was, it was actually quite amazing <laughs> that you kind of birth this human and they can cut you open and stitch you up and you can walk around. I think I was walking after six hours. Um, whereas actually people I'd spoken to have had emergencies, had completely different experiences and that scared me. So I was like, at least I know when it's happening. I suppose with emergencies, you also kind of go through the sort of, um, I don't want to say natural labor, but yeah, your body's kind of already going through that process. And then obviously there's like, whether it's your health or baby's health, I think, yeah, that's a much very different experience. But you're right, like most people I speak to who've had elective C-sections, it seems 
to be positive. So I'm very hopeful. Yeah. So you've have you got um, another C-section booked in for this yeah. time? So this baby is also breech. I think because of the way my body is, they say once you have one baby that's breech, um, generally the second one is as well. But yeah, I'm actually more scared this time though. I think because obviously I, I'm a mum now, like I've got more responsibility. Before I went in, I was like, whatever, like so chilled. Whereas this time I'm like, I've got, like a baby at home still and I don't know it's, it just seems more scary I think I'm probably just working off in my head <laughs> do you have a like kind of plan of action for the recovery process especially having Harper yeah my mom's coming for a week Will takes two weeks off and then I'm going to have help just two days a week because to be honest I'm not really I thought I'd be able to work five days a week but I don't anymore I used to work crazy hours um, and shoot all over and you probably know what it's like your life does change and even though you want to work more trying to juggle having a baby or a child is a full-time job in itself and I can understand why some women when I had her I was like, I don't understand why people don't go back to work but now I do because my mum actually didn't with us three she had three of us and she never went back to work and I can see why because it's a full-time job in itself without doing a job as well <laughs> Yeah, and then adding all the like costs of childcare and everything else, especially if you don't have a support system in place. It's, yeah, it's so expensive. That's why I'm doing two or three days because even two or three days, we have we're going to have the nanny for the new baby, but not full time, and then Harper in nursery. But it's so expensive. It's like crazy. And to be honest, as well, it's not even about the money. Like I don't want to be working full time. I want to be there to see all those moments. But at the same time, I'm not a mum that has to be there every second as well. I'm happy to have people like help me. For anyone, by the way, who is having a C-section, I, I don't think I've said this, but my plan for after um, is, yeah, Alf will stay at the Childminders, um, which is three days a week. Tommy is also taking two weeks off paternity leave. And Tommy's mum, Super Nana, she's going to come um, at least for the first few days. But then I said to her, I was like, can I let you know how I feel? Because I'm also really looking forward to that sort of baby bubble. And it might be that it, as, as kind and as amazing as she is, I might not want her there because I might just be like, do you know what? Actually, I was at the Childminders and yeah. I never get to binge watch yeah. series. <laughs> and maybe she's going to be like really good. And Tommy's there to help. And we have like everything looked yeah. after so it, it I was like I might just like would you be offended if I was like actually I don't need I don't need you yet she's like oh no not at all and I think that is really good to kind of have those boundaries because you don't really know how you're going to feel in that bubble after yeah, but definitely. then she is going to come for week three and then my mum's going to come for week four and then I'm hoping by then I'll be oh, a be bit fine. more mobile is yeah, there is there will. anything like any must-haves that people having c-sections need to get like whether it's a particular type of pants or oh yeah definitely <laughs> I had the John Lewis c-section pants but I wore them from five six weeks but they did like my stomach they pulled my stomach back in because I felt like the only thing with the c-section is you expect your stomach to go back to normal especially me doing a job as a model I put a lot of pressure on myself and I was like back shooting and I didn't really feel like me but I think your stomach actually naturally does take six months with a c-section it's longer I'd say than a natural birth um just because obviously they cut through all your stomach muscles like it is major surgery um so I'd say to anyone who's having it don't stress like when you get that jelly belly it does go eventually because <laughs> I had it and I was like oh my god is it going to be like this forever but I think it's just like 
your body just changes a lot and obviously being cut open and your whole stomach is cut. <laughs> so I think I didn't take into account that. Whereas I had friends who had natural births and they were like, my stomach's fine. Oh, see, I, I think maybe because my birth was quite traumatic, it did actually take about a year for me to feel. I think and it does I still take continue a year. to have uh, like pain. Obviously, I talked about that before, but um, I'd say like 20 months of pain with any form of like intercourse or tampons or whatever it was. So, yeah, I guess on both sides, everyone's very different, isn't it? So, I guess it's that thing of like taking it easy and not putting pressure on, on yourself. Yeah. I don't think you can. I'm not going to do that this time because I think last time I did put pressure on myself, like I flew to Dubai after eight weeks and went and shot and did swimwear which is mad because I remember looking back thinking I don't feel like me but I was like I have to do this to prove something whereas this time I'm kind of not going to do that as much I'm like I birthed a child like it's a big deal I remember because we gave birth at a similar time I think I was just before you but I was like how are you managing to do all of this stuff and also going back to modeling, like I was like, how are you, you're making this look so easy. I know. I think to be honest, though, I just felt so happy not being pregnant anymore. So I think for me, I felt like free. Like when I, when you have hypermesis, you're so trapped for those nine months that all of a sudden when I wasn't suffering and being sick, I felt so happy and elated. So yeah, I think everyone's different though and do whatever makes you happy. I would never judge another mother. I think that's what I really don't understand is when I've had people message me going, why aren't you breastfeeding? Why are well, you this? Well, this is exactly what I wanted to talk to you about and you made a decision not to breastfeed, is that right? So you never wanted to, you never tried to? Um, so I didn't actually have any milk come in. So I didn't actually want to do it personally. Um, it just wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, and I actually got implants as well. So I wasn't sure if I'd even be able to. There was one day when she was crying. I think she was four days old and she really was screaming. And my mum was like, just try, just put her on your boob. And I did actually try and I just really didn't like the feeling. It wasn't anything to do with, I think it's an amazing thing if you can do it. It's definitely like a more affordable option as well, because when you're buying milk, it's really expensive. I think that's what we were worried about this time. And my partner actually said, are you sure you don't want to try? But it's just not something that I want to do. And I don't want to feel pressure into doing anything just because I'm a mum. I don't want to feel pressure into breastfeeding. Like, I don't think anyone should feel that. Did you find that there was a lot of um, kind of judgment either online or offline around? Definitely, definitely. It was the one thing that I got the most like hate for, I'd say, because I was quite open, actually. I shared so many stories the day she was born and I've always been quite open. But I think actually the breastfeeding thing, I had people like even friends of friends being like, why are you not trying? You should try. I just thought like, I would never say to you, like, you need to do this or have a C-section or I really couldn't care less how people do it as long as you're a good mother. Like, that's what's important. Why do you think there is so much sort of judgment around feeding a baby? Because of course, lots of people can't breastfeed even if they would want to. And I think that's something that lots of mums feel a lot of guilt around or mourning around. So I, that's also why, you know, I had you and um, a previous episode, Charlie Hedges, she talked about the fact that quite openly that she just didn't want to. And I think it's really important for people to hear these narratives to kind of hopefully be able to feel less guilt or feel empowered to make their own choices. Mm, in hospital, they didn't actually say anything. Like I had the ready-made bottles, the optimal ones. 
um, and they didn't say a thing. So actually in hospital, I don't feel you're judged. It was more online that I felt judged. Um, and especially with friends as well, they were like, we're breastfeeding for like a year or two years. But for me, I also wanted to go back to work and I wanted Will to help me in the night as well. And he was able to get up and do the milk and I could carry on sleeping. So selfishly as well, I felt like I'd been through enough and I just didn't want to like have that on me all the time. And you know what, it's interesting because I, I breastfed Alf for a year and actually towards the end, I would have loved him to have taken a bottle. And um, to be fair, we even tried formula and he just, he wouldn't take a bottle. He wouldn't have formula. He wouldn't even like have a bottle of breast milk. And it did make me really resentful. So probably where I don't think I ever would have been judgmental beforehand because actually I think each to their own. Um, but I think you can like almost become like a bit of a martyr in your own yeah. suffering because you're like, well, I've done this yeah. and other people have had it easy. But I think what I found hard was lots of people who were breastfeeding sort of stopped around, but whether between it was like three months or six months. So then I really struggled with the fact that I felt like lots of people got themselves back a lot quicker. They were able to like go for dinners or have a lie in or whatever it might be like. Yeah. And I was like, was I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like maybe that's where I lost myself so much because I always thought I would be the mum that did go back to work straight away, which I kind of did, but not, you know, if Alf always had to be there, if I had a DJ gig, he'd have to come with me. And if I was on TV, he would be in the green room and I ended up breastfeeding on TV. And at the time everyone was like, wow, that's amazing. Normalizing breastfeeding, which yes, on one side it, is, it was and it is, but I really wanted to be Ashley James, not Ashley James, the mom. And the more I was trying to throw myself into doing all of these other things, but because I had to have Alf there, I felt like, oh no, it's like this double-edged sword. Um, so anyway, I think it's really liberating to hear people do what they want to do and ultimately you know people can look at the benefits and it is that balance between what's right for you and what's right for baby and the only thing that worried me is because Harper's been quite sick recently so she's got asthma um, and she's obviously at nursery but she's catching so much I'm actually seeing a paediatrician on Wednesday about her just basically getting reoccurring infections um, and basically Will said to me are you sure you don't want to try this time because apparently the first three days if you breastfeed um, I don't know what it's called. There's like that, is it colostrum? Colostrum, colostrum yeah. yeah. They call it like the golden the golden yeah. milk. So then I'm like, oh, do I try it this time? But then I'm like, I just don't know. Then I feel bad. Is that why she's so sick? Then you start thinking all these things, like because I gave her formula, did she not have the right stuff? Because she grew really well, but maybe that's why she's getting infections. So there's just so much around it, isn't there, that you kind of yeah. start to think, should I have done it or not? Well, I guess it's that's why it's good to sort of like research benefits and then take it from yourself. But I, I can assure you that Alf, has, since he's been at the child mind, is especially this winter, has been had every sickness bug as well. Really? So <laughs> it's so um, hard when they're yeah. Ill. Ultimately, so like hard. we can't always protect them, and I think at least it's their immune systems. But yeah, I mean, of course, there's going to be benefits, but I guess just don't put pressure on yourself and see how you feel when... Yeah, I think that's the main thing when you're a mum, just just be happy. And I think being a happy mum and not putting too much pressure on them, eating the right thing all the time. Because actually I know with the eating thing, my partner's really big on healthy eating. I'm not. <laughs> and he was really funny about her eating specific things. And I do get that to an extent, but then I'm like, you can't cut out like sugar completely or anything because I think they need to be exposed to different things personally anyway I'd say that but 
I just think I don't ever put any pressure on myself as a mum. I'm like, some days you're bossing it. Some days I'm like, oh my God, I can't even get dressed. <laughs> and finally, what are you most looking forward to about being a mum of two? Um, I think I always wanted girls. So my preference was to have girls. And I think the fact I'm having two girls is like my dream, but also seeing their like relationship as well. The only thing that does worry me is Harper when she sees me with another baby at the moment gets really jealous, <laughs> like beyond jealous. She like actually hits me. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> she like screams as well as she sees me with another baby. So I think that's going to take getting used to. She's quite jealous, which they say at nursery as well, she gets quite like that, which I'm a little bit worried about. But I think it's just being a kid. Um, but I'm just really excited about basically having my daughters and knowing that I don't ever have to have a pregnancy ever again because <laughs> of how horrific it's been. But I, I have to say I'm more scared um, just because of the juggle. I think like now I'm like trying to work with a toddler, like how on earth am I going to do it with two? But I think you just do. And I think once you've had one, you've been through that process so I think having a second, you kind of know what you're doing a bit more because the first time I'd never been around a baby. And I remember yeah. being in hospital with this baby and they kind of left me and I'd had a C-section, major surgery, and I had to lift her and change her nappy. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. It's quite scary. Um, but yeah, this time I feel a bit more like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm the same. I feel like for me, a lot of the challenges, it was never really about Alf because I always felt quite in tune with my instinct and I kind of knew what to do, but it was the battle of my life changing so much and yeah. what they call match sense, that whole identity. Whereas this time I am excited, but by the way, Alf is exactly the same. Really? Weirdly, he's more jealous if Tommy has a baby. So if a few oh, of our okay. friends have had kids recently, mainly Tommy's friends yeah. and Alf is so jealous if Tommy like holds them I'm glad um, to hear that because I was thinking all oh, my friends said no my kid's not like that and I've asked other people and they said no and I'm like oh my god is there something wrong with her because even my sister my little nephew if I hold him she like gets really angry and I'm like oh god what's she gonna do when I come home with another baby be like yeah. she's here to stay <laughs> Alf loves older kids and he doesn't love younger kids so whether it's my childminder or Tommy or me if we're around younger kids he just doesn't like it and he is also a terrible chef if anyone comes into his playroom yeah. he really doesn't like it but I guess yeah that's I mean I it's, think, a, it's learning isn't it and as yeah. long as they feel very loved but if anyone has any tips on how yeah. to manage the juggle or how to manage that transition from one mm. to two from the older sibling point of view I have bought a couple of presents actually for Al from baby girl yeah, we're doing that as well. I think we're going to do that. What are you getting, Harper? Um, well, we actually bought her one of the, a toy car, but we actually gave it to her early. So I've bought her something else. I just bought her a few teddies because she's just obsessed with teddies at the moment. Um, so I'm going to be like, this is from your sister. And they're going to have the same teddy. So she knows that they're both going to have the same and they have to share. But um, I think for me as well, I'm really into like fashion as well. So my big thing is like, trying to dress two girls because <laughs> at the moment I like spend every morning like putting the outfit out if she's at nursery I don't bother because they just paint and get messy but if I go out with her like I'm really into the outfits yeah I'm excited to get inspo from yeah. you from your fashion outfits no the first time I was really like when she was born I was really putting the outfits out every morning but I'm just worried how do I do that with two and get myself ready as well <laughs> but I'm sure I'll manage it it'll be fine I've bought Alf. He um he loves his dolls. Aww. And I thought because he is quite jealous and 
I kind of want him to feel sort of part of it. I've bought him a doll pram. Oh, yeah. Because um, Tommy, Tommy's parents had one that they found in a charity shop and he loves like wheeling it around their house. So I thought, well, I'm going to get him um, a pram for his doll and also a balance bike. And I'm going to take them to the hospital. So when he comes to meet her in hospital. Yeah. Um, and then I've been told that I shouldn't be holding her when he comes into the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, people have said that as well. I think we're going to have her in the car seat and bring her in the house and just kind of like leave her there and be like, this is your sister. Um, but yeah, it is it is like scary for them as well. I remember my mom said I was like it with my sister and I was really jealous. But then after a few days, my mom kind of included me and was like, get me the nappies, get me the milk, help Oh, that's me. a good idea as well. And I think I loved helping. So I think that's Harper loves helping as well. So I think I'm going to get her to just help me. And then maybe she'll see it as like a nice thing. Oh, um, I like that idea, getting after help. Yeah, definitely. No. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. And by the way, I'm going to put all um, the info to um, both Amy's Instagram page, um, but also the charity that you mentioned for mm-hmm. HG. So um, hopefully this has been informative or helpful um, and just sending so much love to you and to anyone else thank suffering you. with HG. And thank you so much, Amy, and we'll chat soon. And you will be in touch, I'm sure, when our babies are here. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Thanks for having me. So this week I received an email from Mel who said, Hi, I had a very similar birth, birth trauma with my daughter, Emily, born on the 30th of Jan, 2021. Oh, so really close to me. I love the name Emily, by the way. That was one of our potentials. Thanks for sharing. I'm terrified to have a second child because of this. How did you get over this anxiety? Did you have surgery to fix the wrong stitching up? I did not and I'm still in doubt. Thanks, Mel. This is actually a question that I get asked a lot on my socials. So um, firstly, in terms of um, deciding to have a second or dealing to an extent with birth trauma, I definitely recommend listening to my podcast with Emiliana from the Mindful Birth Company because um, she was kind of instrumental in helping me choose the birth that I'm having now, which is an elective C-section. Um, because when I first found out I was pregnant, um, I was obviously really happy and she was very wanted. We knew we wanted to, but it really did bring birth trauma to a head for me. And because I'd started looking into birth trauma in that I did my birth debrief and, um, you know, I'd, went, I'd gone to see a, a gynecologist. I was diagnosed with, um, again, another word that I find really hard to say, vaginismus by a pelvic health physio. I was on that healing journey and I'd been recommended EDMR, is it EDMR or EMDR? I should really be better with all of these terms, but you can't do that while you're pregnant. I was like, wow, how am I going to, how am I going to do this again? So I knew I wanted to have another baby and I thought I wanted to get it out the way while I was still sort of in that newborn, well, not newborn, but you know, new mum phase in life, chapter in life. And then I did the birth debrief, which is free with the NHS. And I decided to have a completely different birth. So obviously an elective C-section so that I wouldn't have to relive the same trauma. And as for surgery, I haven't had any surgery yet um, because I know I'm giving birth again. So even though I'm not having a vaginal birth and I'm having a C-section, there's still that same pressure 
pressure on my pelvic floor. And actually, I, I'd be interested to know if my prolapse has sort of come back now that I've got a nine-month baby on me. Um, things definitely do feel more tender. Um, but having a completely different birth experience has allowed me to separate the old traumatic experience into something new and exciting and positive. And to be fair, even when I get Braxton Hicks, it kind of makes me feel a bit traumatized. It takes me back to that sort of birth. So it's definitely the right decision for me. Um, Hopefully listening to the Emiliana episode will kind of talk you through all the different options and maybe that's something that you can think about. And then, um, six months ish postpartum that's when I'm gonna look at whether or not I need surgery to fix um the original stitching and prolapse and um definitely the piles because I do not want piles for life so I'm just gonna take it from there six months postpartum because um yeah I don't want more children after this so hopefully that was helpful if anyone else has any other advice or experience with birth and birth trauma by the way please let me know because I'd love to share other people's experiences because I'd say it's one of the most common questions that I receive Um, and if you want to get in touch about anything else whether it's something that we discussed today or whether it's a topic you'd like me to cover or a guest you'd like me to have on or even just to chit chat about your own motherhood experience then I always love to hear from you so you can get in touch via email like Mel did which is askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or you can send a whatsapp a voice message even um, which is 0759992753 or if if you are listening on Apple then you can leave a review there and that's really easy for me to find but also if it's a five star review then it definitely helps other people find us so um, as always thanks for listening and thanks for getting in touch and I'll be back with another episode same time same place next week small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.